podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say a heartfelt message to the family of Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Now, I got to share a show, an episode with Del Wilkes, the Patriot, and it was an incredible, incredible afternoon, evening that I spent with Del last August. A fantastic episode. A guy I idolised as a kid when he was tagging with Marcus Bagwell, as we go on to know him as Buff, then in WCW, on to WWF, and going into a feud with Brett. And had Del not got injured, that feud would have gone longer. I know Brett obviously went on to leave to go to WCW in the November, December time. But yeah, it was just that, that feud had legs. And uh, what a humble, humble man Del was. Uh, nothing was ever a problem. I messaged him various times over the last 12 months, asking his opinion on my show, just general stuff, just making sure he was okay, the family were good, you know, just the stuff that you do, and uh, every time he'd get back to me, and just a, a, a lovely, lovely man, had his views on life, but he'd take on the views as a, of others as well, so, as I say, yeah, before we get into it, I just wanted to say, RIP to Del Wilkes, the Patriot, Godspeed, and I'll send all my thoughts to the family at this tough time. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. We are back to the UK for episode 88. I've been in America for some time the last few episodes, so it's great to be back on home soil to talk to veteran too cruel Tyson Taylor. Tyson was trained by legends of UK wrestling Dean Ormock and Robbie Dynamite way back in 2008, but it then took three years, as you'll get to hear from him, to get on his first show for him to feel he was ready to showcase his talents on the UK circuit. Tyson Taylor has wrestled for All-Star Brian Dixon's company, which we've known in the UK for so many years. Lots of experience. He's got a lot of tips for guys as well, because he's seen guys come and go within the industry. Guys that couldn't hack, setting up the rings, all the stuff that goes with it. These performers, these guys, you know, they don't just go in there to wrestle. You've got to do all sorts of stuff when you're at the shows. It's intense with the All-Star shows as well, because you can have up to three shows a day, as Tyson talks about. He's also due to take on Sheikh El-Sham, the Middle Eastern millionaire for SWW, a promotion out of the UK too. So we get to hear about some current stuff. Shows are coming back now as the pandemic loosens and lessens. So my guest, without further ado, for episode 88 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast is Too Cruel, Tyson Taylor. Enjoy. My guest today, all the way from Birkenhead on the Wirral, it is none other than an 11-year veteran on the pro wrestling circuit, Tyson Taylor. How's it going, mate? Oh, it's great, yeah. At the moment, yeah, it's really good, especially with everything, you know, the show's starting to come out. You start to see pictures of people, you know, doing shows and stuff like that. So, it, yeah, it's exciting at the moment. The buzz, the <clears> buzz <throat> is back. The buzz is back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, can it. you can feel it online and everything now with people posting stuff, and it starts to get me excited now when I'm going to start doing them as well. So, yeah. Could you tell it's the listeners cool. listeners and viewers your schedule, maybe a few of the shows that you are going to be on up, up, yeah, uh, yeah. upcoming? 
Well, so from literally, probably from next weekend, I am literally fully booked till about September. And then realistically, if things go ahead and things start opening back up, I'm sure that's probably going to, there's going to be more shows starting to be added and stuff like that. Now, once everyone knows what's happening with like things opening back up, but uh, which I'll, I'll just, I'll take any at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's so from like literally next week onwards, I'm just literally fully booked, which is, which has been great because I've always looked at like kind of, because I've got like a little diary where I've been in. It's just been page after page of just nothing. And then now it's starting to come to the point where I'm starting to fill it all in and I'm filling my phone calendar in and stuff like that. So it is, it sounds like busy now. Is there anybody <clears throat> anybody on, on a list that you haven't faced yet that you're wanting to get in there with and pit your wits against? Um, well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like people on like the, the independence. I've, I've, I'm looking forward to the Sheikh Al Sham one um, for SWW. I feel as though me we know each other and we're friends and we've we've only been in the ring like once but we had really good chemistry so i feel as though once that match you know once we start that match i reckon um, that's going to turn a few heads that's amazing that's amazing yeah i'd shake on recently we had a good <laughs> we had a good chat a really good chat so i'm sure you're throwing down the gauntlet there tyson oh yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> 100%. Is there going to be some stiff shots or what? Oh, 100%, yeah. His has to be <laughs> oh, battle of the heavyweight in it, so it's, it's um, yeah. I look forward to uh, seeing that one, even if it's in video form, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be looking yeah, out that, for that one, absolutely. Yeah, that's think, the one I'm looking ahead for. I think now we can go right back. Now, you started training <laughs> in 2008 with Dean Allmark and Robbie Dynamite. Yeah. So, yeah, how... How did you get to know about the school and training and stuff like that? How did you get to know about that back then? Well, I didn't even I didn't know that. Obviously, I remember there was there was wrestling on when you know when I was. It probably was before I was born, but I you always get like the hearing of like oh wrestling was on on a Saturday or a Sunday, and the world used to stop at four o'clock and stuff like that to watch the wrestling. And um, I'd seen like videos of it and stuff like that, but it, and I didn't realise it was Brian Dixon. It, it was just wrestling on the telly, and then it was only when someone said, well, it's only when I, I'd started the school that I really realised. So I didn't realise he lived on the Wirral. So it kind of makes sense that he had a school on the Wirral, and it was only when I was... Because me and my mates, we, we, we loved wrestling. I remember I was just... 18, something like that, and I was driving, and it was it was in this old, like... It's like a swimming bath sort of thing, like a sports leisure centre book. Just think about a sports leisure centre back in like the seventies and eighties. You know, this place was falling apart. It, it probably looked nice back in like the sixties and fifties when it was when it was built, but now it was just like falling apart. And it just drove past and it had this big like canvas sign, and it had like a picture of another guy giving another guy a German like, but they were dressed in like amateur um, gear. So it's, it just said wrestling training here. So I said, oh, do you know what? Um, I said to my mates, oh, we should go. And I, I honestly thought, judging by the poster, it was just like amateur wrestling. Yeah. So it was like, oh, but, and in my mind, I was like, well, Kurt Angle started at amateur wrestling, so I'll do that. So, so I, I, I pestered me mate to come, and he, he, he didn't go in the end. And then in the end, he said, Joe, I'm just going to go on my own. So I walk into like this really dingy building, and 
said, oh, oh, the wrestling, and to the reception, he said, oh, yeah, it's, you know, down the hallway, and you just go down this really, you know, steep hallway, and it, it's, you know, it smells, and there's paint falling off the walls and everything, and then it, I just opened the door, and I just thought it was just going to be mats or something, you know, it was just, and then it was just this, there's a ring in there, like a massive ring, and then it was only when I went, oh, do you know what, this actually might be, like, proper wrestling, like all the wrestling that I wanted it to be. And then there was Dean and, uh, and Robbie Dynamite just, uh, training. And so the first day, I didn't I didn't train. I just went to go and have a look. <clears throat> and I was going to stay there for, like, most of the day and just watch. But I could only sit there for five, ten minutes because was, I was that excited to get in. And I was absolutely, I just kept kicking myself going, I should have just started training today. Why did they just come and watch? Because now I want to get in there. So after like 10 minutes, I was just like, oh, I, I can't do this. I'll, you know, I'll say thank you and I'll come back next week. So in the end, uh, I went away and he said, oh, you know, get some knee pads and if you can find some boots and stuff like that. And funnily enough, it, um, there, there was another student in there and he was selling some boots. And I mean, they were falling apart. He said, you can have them for a five if you want. I said, fine, yeah. So I bought my first pair of wrestling boots the first day I trained. And uh, they cost me a fiver, and I had to get a load of duct tape to keep the... Because the sole was, like, flapping on the... Uh, so we had to tape that up, and every so often, I, I'd have to just keep taping that up, and then I just kept them for... I don't even know, they're probably around somewhere. I should have kept them, but, yeah, they were my first wrestling boots. And then my first knee pads was um, rollerblading knee pads. They're the only ones I could find, and they had like a big plastic like cover on yeah. the front of it. I thought, imagine dropping a knee on someone with them; it would have killed. So, yeah, I just, so and that was it then, and and then I was just away with it then. <clears throat> it's amazing. Hey, they they could be heirlooms, then Tyson. You I know, know, yeah, that's your boots, yeah. Your boots and your pads, you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. Well, oh. I've I've got all my old like you know my old ring jackets and my old like singlets and stuff like that. I'm going to keep them, and then you know you just never know. One day. Absolutely. You know, another man's trash is another man's treasure, That's isn't it? it. So. Wise words, good words. Yeah. How how was it initially, you know, grasping it? Did you take to it quite quickly? Obviously, you were there with uh, D Dean and Robbie. Yeah. Was it, did it come quite easy to you initially, grasping uh, no. it? No. <laughs> it, it, I couldn't have been more favour from what... I knew, like, I knew how to hook, like, suplexes and stuff like that. But back then, I was, you know, I was 18. I was really overweight. I didn't exercise or anything like that. So they probably must have looked at me and gone, you know, is not much in thinking much of me. And then at the same time, I was finding it hard to sort of grasp things. You know, I mean, you could do the suplexes and the slams. It was more like the movements and, and stuff like that that I couldn't really understand. And then, you know, the psychology part of the whole thing, you know, I, I wasn't getting so... You get these people who are probably like, oh, you know, I had six months training and then I started wrestling. It literally took me about three years before I even got my first match. I'd, I was doing refereeing and stuff like that, but it was more along the lines of I wasn't that good, but we had a, a lot of students who were good enough to be on shows. So I was like, you know, four or five or six down the line to be picked. So you had like there was Ben Levy, there was there was Adam who was Lightning Kid, you had Luke Hardy, uh, there was a guy called TNT, he was a student, and um 
and that was it, yeah. And then there was a, you know, he had like there was another one called John, and, and he would do shows on Andy Air Anderson, and he he did did unfortunately none of them do it anymore. But they were like they had been there a while, and they had got it, so they were getting on shows. So I was just completely down at the bottom of the list, and it was very hard to get even get because they weren't going to say no to that opportunity. So if they were going to ask what you know, the top person that they wanted and they couldn't do it, they've got another four people before they got to me. So, and it never, ever trickled down to, to me until about three years in. That's mad though as well that you're saying about them people not in the business anymore. I think that's testament yeah. testament to you now, you know, currently how long you've been yeah. doing it. And I think mm-hmm. what, I'd, what I'd take away from what you were saying was that, you know, you got to you got to bite down, haven't you, and, and go oh, for it yeah. and stick to it. I think that that you can attribute that to anything in life, can't yeah, you? Not yeah, yeah. Wrestling. That, mm-hmm. That's what I take away from what you were saying there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it was it was it didn't I it didn't bother me that I didn't know what I was doing or that I was finding it hard because at the end of the day, it was like, well, if I stay long enough, I'm bound to pick this up. So it's and it's not like anyone. It, I mean, there was there was friendly rivalries in the school because obviously there's only one spot for the students. If even if that, you know, it was it was very. I would there wouldn't be more than like two uh, trainees on a show. That was and that was probably because they were tagging. So it so it was basically one of those things. Is I just thought I just need to keep keep grinding at this and and just keep going. And I kind of like the rivalry with everyone. I kind of like having that competition because there was like it was like politics in the wrestling school, just like there is in a in a locker room. That's just how. That's just how, um, how everyone was. Everyone wants to be on that card, and everyone was willing to do anything. And you know, if you do something wrong, they'd, they'd be the first to point it out because they point out what you're doing wrong. You know, it makes them look good and. And if, as you can see, with Dean and Dynamite being the two people who were training, yeah, the training good. These these trainees were good. Like I would love to have seen what the you know how they turned out. Now some of them stayed in the business for you know five, six, seven years, and they got really good. And then just things happen, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. You 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 have like other other things that come along. But yeah, they were. It wasn't like they were just picking any tra- You know, trainees. They they had good trainees there. So when I come along. They weren't going to throw me a bone anytime soon. It was a case of, right, you need to get to this their level before we're even going to consider you. It's, it's incredible to think, you know, mm. getting up to it, get, getting up to a level. Absolutely. With with Dean and Robbie, what did you take away from them, you know, in terms of what they were training you? What, how do they differ? What were you getting from Dean? And, what, you know, separately, what were you getting from Robbie yeah. in terms of, you know, the ground, the, the base of your style yeah. and stuff like that? Well, you, so it's kind of like a perfect, it's like the yin and the yang, isn't it? That's how Dynamite and, and uh, Dean is because the stuff that, you know, Dean's teaching you like the high-flying, flashy stuff and then Dynamite's teaching you that gritty, you know, it was all amateur-based wrestling. So you had the technical side with, with Dynamite and then you had the flashy side with Dean. But Dean also knew the technical side of things. And he had his own little flair of how he would do technical stuff with his style. And then Dynamite knew how he could be flashy in his own way. Mm-hmm. So he's being flashy in the technical side. So it was just this perfect like combination of people. So you'd have your morning with Dynamite, which would be basically just like, you know, your roles and all stuff like that. And then you'd start doing your, your, 
your um, chain wrestling and stuff like that with him. And then, and that was on the mats, so everything was everything was bumped on mats. And I mean, they were nice mats. You know, people, uh, we do, we do, we bump in the ring now, you know, if we were training, but we were doing suplexes and backdrops and stuff on these mats because they wanted to say, like, right, once you've gone in there, you'll appreciate how it feels in there. So just for the whole morning, we were just bumping and rolling and doing somersault bumps and face bumps and backdrops and suplexes and slams all on the mats. So then, and then in the afternoon, if your body wasn't broken enough already, you'd get in and that's when you'd start, you know, putting it all in and putting it in a the ring then. It's mad as well. You know, I hate you guys. I've heard guys over the years. I couldn't do what you do. This is why I respect and look up to you guys mm -hmm. doing the wrestling. Some people think it's easy, don't they? And then I've seen it time and time again when you've seen stuff on documentaries and things of that nature. A big thing, a crucial thing was cardio, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. People not having the engine... Yeah, you can mm -hmm. have you can have the moves. So yeah, just a bit a bit on that, you know, the cardio side and stuff. Like that, advice maybe and tips yeah. to guys that fancy having a go. Well, for, see the for, see now that we're coming back to all the the shows and that <clears throat> we've been training a little bit, just you know, try and all we're not we're not doing bumping or anything. It's just trying to get our cardio up. So it's literally just drills. So we're just drilling for just two hours, just doing different drills in the ring because. We, you know, we know how to bump and stuff like that, but it's our win that we need to get going. And I feel as though with like young people now is, is you can have bad wind or you can have like, you know, you don't have to have like the best gas tank. You just need to understand that where you need to stop, catch your breath and then where you need to go again. And that's where I feel as though like now with, you know, with, with like how quick wrestling is now, People think like, oh, you need really big tank. You, you, it, it helped to have a big tank because then you can you can push on those main event matches where you're going to be doing 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes an hour. Where, but you know, I've seen people who are you know the big lads and stuff like that, and you know they can go because they know when to go and then they know when to stop, and then they know right, right, this is good. There's going to be a big, you know, spot here where it's a lot of running, it's a lot of you know, I'm going to lose a lot of my energy here. After that, it needs to be something really, you know, we need to slow down here so we can all catch our breath and then we're ready to go again and stuff like that. So I would say the tank thing is, it's definitely important, but I feel as though people are running, you know, running out of breath and getting breathless because they're just going 100 miles an hour. No one's stopping, no one's waiting. They're just straight into the next one again. And then, you know, five minutes in, they're absolutely, you know, they're absolutely knackered and, and they've still got another 10 minutes left that's that's cool i wanted to ask that you know i'm i'm only going around the periphery with what, yeah, what, it, yeah. what it what it would take to become a wrestler yeah you know i only know i only know certain things don't i so yeah mm -hmm. no that was that was good good to, good to hear yeah. that and i'm well, sure there's a couple of times where i've been in there and and so you know when it's like the comeback spot that's probably going to be your biggest running spot so, and I remember there's just some times where we've been doing stuff and then it comes to like the time where, you know, there's a double down or something and this is where the comeback's going to come from the baby face and I've been lying there going, I'm absolutely knackered and we're, we're going to have to run for a good two minutes here now. So I'm like that, lying down, but breathing, like sucking in all my breath, like <gasps> trying to get as much air in it because I'm like, right, I'm going to have to get up now and we're going to have to uh, run even faster now. Cool, man, that's cool. I think now getting back into, obviously, you've trained and then three years later, 2011, 
first match. And as we yeah. know, the scene was very different, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. On a UK level. But mm. you, you came in, you know, you started having your first matches before the surge. But who, yeah. who, who were you getting in there with early on? Some of, your, some of your memories of that. So the first couple of people that, so my first match was actually with, it was with, it was a tag. And, and here's the story. So this is how it, so with my thing is because we, because I've been training for so long and stuff like that, I always wanted to help with the ring because it was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not the best at this, but I certainly want to look like I'm, I'm not, you know, just skating by. I really want to look like I'm, I'm, I'm trying. So, I'd be like taking the rings in, taking the rings out at training and stuff like that. And I remember uh, Tish and Brian's daughter pulled me to the side and she was like, oh, uh, would you be able to ref um, Butlins for us on Saturday? I said, yeah, okay, yeah. And then obviously there's that spoken rule of, even if you're not on the show, take your gear with you. So I just took my gear with me anyway, thinking I was just having, you know, I was just refereeing. And, and uh, as we were driving up, uh, hot, we got halfway there and, and Tish turns to me, she goes, oh, have you got, have you got your gear with us? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, good, because uh, you're actually ref- wrestling, you're not refing. She said, the only reason why I said you were refing is because if I'd have told you you were wrestling, you might have backed out. So I was like, well, that's that's not me. I wouldn't have backed out anyway, but I appreciate what she did. So then now it was like, all right, now I'm going to have my first match here. So it was a tag. It was me and Ricky Knight against Frankie Sloan and Zach Knight. Wow. So that was kind of like my first. And the funny thing is, it was just when TNA was getting big. So we had this, like, um, do you know the six-sided ring? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, <clears throat> so, this, so my first match was in a six-sided ring at Butlins. And, I mean, it, it was at Butlins Skyline as well. So you're looking about, you know, people stop the wrestling even at Butlins and stuff like that. So you're looking about 500, 600 people mm-hmm. were there. To, so it was a big crowd from a from the first crowd and and the ring it was so small the ring that like you could stand from like one post to one post and reach your arm out and you could probably both kind of just touch your fingers like that's how close so when you shot someone off you, you by the time you pulled them you're already at the other side and it was you, there's a video on there because I remember giving Zach Knight a bump uh, like a slam and the, the, you could tell that the irons underneath don't move, but the wood is moving. So you can just see he's just bouncing off. It was the, it was horrible. It was horrible ring to be to be in. But yeah, and then that was my first match, and, and it was with with Ricky Knight, is he, he didn't. He only just told me like the start and the end, and that was it. He said everything in between will be fine. I'll tell you. He was like because at the end of the day, we're a tag team. So if anyone hears me telling you what to do, and he made it very clear, he made he was shouting because he, he was like slamming Terry, slamming, slamming. So whatever Ricky would say, I'd just do. So we just go slamming. And I said, all right, okay, I'd slam. And he goes, right now, pin him. And I go, all right, okay, there we go. And then he go, right, I'll have him. And then we'll tag. And then he'd do his bit. And then he'd tag me back in. And then just from the corner, give him a suplex now. And it didn't look stupid because he was my tag team partner. Just looked like my tag team partner was telling me what to do. So that so then and then we obviously had the finishing and, and and stuff like that, which which he was calling it while we're in there because as he said, it doesn't look stupid. We're, we're we're partners. We should be speaking to each other rather than not speaking at all. So so that helped. And then the second match, funnily enough, was it was me and Sweet Soraya against Paige and Frankie Sloan. 
So within like the first you know week of me training, I'd already wrestled all the night family. Can't, you can't, and the, you can't, yeah. can't buy. You can't buy that, can you? Yeah, yeah. The, the and nights, and what, yeah, you know, being in there with the nights, I bet that was just yeah. incredible for you. And they always looked after me. Always, yeah. uh, I, I got really friendly with them really quickly, and they were always so nice to me. And I, I always appreciate that from from uh, from the night family because they really helped me that that weekend it really made me enjoyable it was enjoyable for me and it, it made me because of how nice they were I was just like oh you know what if like everyone's like this this would be great this if everyone's like this nice and this helpful you know it, it was good and then obviously down the line obviously stuff goes you know it, you, you meet people who aren't as nice as that and aren't as helpful but you know it's, you take the rough with the smooth don't you I'd be remiss not to say about Frankie Sloan as well. Yeah, does not get does not get enough credit. I don't oh, think no, no, on definitely. on a you know on a European on a European level as yeah. well. If we want to widen it, I think the guy. Yeah. Look at the number of years he's been around the business. Yeah, yeah. Is and it, this was and that was All Star. It was like and, and people always ask about All Star. And I, I I'll say and it's not me being biased or anything because I feel like it's true. It's the best of the best go to All Star, and it's the biggest show. It's the biggest. You know, say what people want to say about All Star, you know, and about how you know the traditional wrestling. It still works now, and there's people like, let's say, like Gangrel. He won't work for anyone but Brian. And there's people out there like big guys like that who will literally not go anywhere else but Brian. And Brian will just get the absolute best. And there's some people who are on, who are on the Indies who are massive on the Indies and have come along. And Brian said, "No, I, I don't think he's good enough for it yet." And he, and he hasn't booked them again and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to get into, and it is definitely the best of the best. And it's just all around, like everyone on that. If you're on an all star card and you're a regular, or you're getting always getting booked, you know that you you're like it. That's the top. You you're in the the A plus league there. And as even with me, like you know, I'm not as good as like James and you know Spitty and Dean because uh, of their experience level and compared to mine. But, you know, sitting down and being able to watch them every night, and I still do it now, still watch them every night. It's I've probably seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of matches that have been on the on the card with just to, for the simple fact I just want to watch and get experience and see how stuff go. And I've done that now for about, you know, 11 years now since I've been starting shows. So it's just the best place to be, to learn. And I feel as though everyone should at least give it a go. And no one should turn their nose up at, at, at um, all-star wrestling because people can say that type of wrestling's the the old style. It's not. It still works to this day. I've still seen the roof get blown off places. And, you know, it was, it, it was the, there wasn't much. It wasn't all this, like, you know, killing each other and stage dives and stuff like that. It was just a good wrestling match with, with, you know, emotion being, you know, um, you catching the emotion of the, of the crowd and stuff like that. And I just think that's, it's still to this day, you can have all the good moves, but you, if you haven't gripped the audience, then you, you, you know, you're dead in the water a little bit. That's the thing I take away as a fan. You've got, to, you guys have got to be able to engage, haven't you? You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, in, yeah in, not to say the wrestling secondary, but it's all got to intertwine, hasn't oh, it? Yeah, but... intertwine, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a perfect perfect chemical compound. It's like you know, if you you know, like a scientist with chemicals, 
he wants to make a certain chemical where you got to mix these all these chemicals get the right correct one and and that's a and that's the same with wrestling is you got to take it it's all got to be in there to make a perfect you know match and one and that's when you see you know when you see these five star matches that's the chemicals that have they've reacted perfectly and that's when you get the, you know these these five star matches and these matches that people rave about from you know 10 years later or 20 years later and stuff like that going back to obviously brian dixon all-star you only have to look at how the americans hold it in high esteem daniel bryan brian danielson came over and did it they they love they love the old school wrestling don't they yeah, yeah. these guys yeah. you know they're very much you know your core guys over in the states yeah but they're very com- they, they're very complimentary about that, our yeah. style aren't they yeah, and I heard a podcast. It was um, it was on Anderson's podcast, and someone asked him a question: "Is there anywhere that you regret that you never worked?" And he said, "Oh, I I always wanted to work for Brian Dixon because I, when he was working, like he was hearing nothing but good things about Brian back then. So you know, you got people like Arn Anderson who was wanting to work there and stuff like that. So yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I feel as though I'm very lucky that what that all-star is literally just around the corner from me. Like, the training school is literally about a mile away from here. So, it was never, there was never any excuse for me because there's people travelling two hours there. So, as I seen it, it's like I've been given a really good, like, dealt a really good hand of cards here as the training school is literally a mile away from my house. So, I have no excuse not to go whatsoever. So I made sure that I was always there. And even now, I even go every time now because it is only around the corner and it's nice to just keep things sharp and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's, people, there's you know, people out there who have been probably working like two or three years and they don't get to training schools anymore. They just think, well, I'm back on the shows now. I don't need to go training schools and stuff like that, which is just the worst mentality to have because I love going in there and, and you're working with all the new students and stuff like that, and you can go in, if you see something nice, you can go and try it and stuff like that. So I think it's a really good tool to have, especially being like how close it is as well. Absolutely, absolutely. How many How many weeks, uh, how many weeks, how many days a, a week? I know obviously restrictions are lifting and stuff like that, but yeah, in, yeah. In, under normal circumstances, how, how many days, how many hours a week? Are you training? I thought I'd like to ask that. Just going off. Yeah, yeah. So, so if if the training school is open, it'd be open like twice a week, and the training is probably going on for about four hours. So it's like eight hours training a week. But at the moment, we because there's only just a small group of us doing it. Just the people who want to, you know, get our kind of ring shape back to normal. You know, there's there's only we're doing like maybe two or three hours, but we're doing that Monday. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we're doing a lot at the moment, but we definitely need it because the first time, the the first day that we walked in, we started doing them drills. We were, it wasn't pleasant. Where now it's starting to get to the point where we're like, all oh, right, okay, this is this isn't hurting as as much as it was at the first day that we started. I bet there's a I bet there's a big buzz, isn't there, around the guys oh, as well? Yeah. yeah, and we're starting to, you know. Um, see a lot of uh, people come in to like just train and practice because they've got shows coming so it's, uh, there's people that they haven't seen for about a year and you know when I'm starting to see everyone now and, and stuff like that so it's nice to see everyone again and stuff absolutely I think coming away from all star where else have you worked over the years and some of the some of the guys you've got to 
you know, pit your wits against yeah, in, yeah. In, in those promotions. So, so I, I've done TNT, but I did TNT when it, I think it was probably like its second or third show, and then I never, and then I never went back then. But obviously, with, with how big it is, stuff like that. But I think Jay was like trying to sort of build his brand and and stuff like that. And so now that. And back then, I look completely different to what I do now. So I would like to give that another go. And there was a there was first class wrestling, which is in um, which is up in around Newcastle ways. They do a lot of shows there, and that's um, and I feel as though that's probably one of the the, the best uh, all round shows as well. Because I feel as though because a lot of the guys who do that do first class as well. You know, do Brian's do first class, so. It's exactly the same as what Brian does. It's it's and they get really good crowds in there. They get you know they they're doing really big crowds, um, and it's it's the same. It's that you know it's got the best there that do it, and the promoter is um, you know he's really hard working in trying to get out the name of first class wrestling. He's relentless with his um, with his advertisements and stuff like that. I feel as though some promoters. It, they go wrong because they're not promoting as much as they should. Where you know he just goes out and he's just everywhere trying to get that name out, and it, you can tell because when he comes in, there's not one empty seat because he's really he's gone out there and he he he'll drive, you know, hours and hours, and he'll be out eight hours a day, you know, every day until leading up to the show. Just you know, putting posters out and putting advertisement out and stuff like that. He, he, he's relentless with it. That's cool. That's cool. I think I want to go back to you personally now. When you were growing up watching wrestling, yeah, maybe some guys, just a handful <clears throat> of guys, maybe that you gravitated to, jumped out of the <clears throat> screen. You know, yeah, all your attention was on on them. Who, who were some yeah. of the guys? So. Uh, so fair, obviously it was it was Hulk Hogan's your first one. That was when I was really little. I mean, there's people who say like they'll they'll tell you like a time like oh this is how I saw wrestling and, and I wanted to be a, a wrestler. I can't remember the first time I saw wrestling. I ju- it just for me it was that far back that I've just always watched it for my whole life. I remember watching the Hulk Hogan cartoon and everything. It was mm-hmm. that's how far back it was. I just I really can't remember the first time I watched it. It's just in my mind, I've always watched it. So so there was Hulk Hogan, but then you grow up and then the attitude ever started then. So that's when, you know, you, that's when it, it was the, it was the right age and at the right time to start watching wrestling. It was probably about, you know, 10, 11, something like that, watching um, Attitude Direct. And uh, mine was always The Rock. He was always my favourite when I was younger, which is, but that's just like a kid thing. And then obviously when you grow up, I used to um, like Eddie Guerrero was was another one that I absolutely loved. That um, and he was kind of I liked him because he, I don't know there's something about like Eddie Guerrero that I liked. And it was only as when I grew up and started watching his matches again and go, well, do you know what? It, it I feel as though I would probably like him because he could wrestle. But back when I was younger, you know how good he can wrestle was the last thing on my mind. I just wanted you know Latino heat and stuff like that. But he kind of tricked me. Because he was that good in the ring, that like I, I must have just gravitated towards him because he was just so good. It's, it's the heel. It was the heel and the face with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just that in itself, being able to yeah. do that, to have the knowledge, mm. 
you know the present yeah. the presence of mm. mind and uh so sad yeah. so sad that we lost him when we know, did because yeah. he had yeah, loads he had loads of great matches in the time oh he did yeah and it was and it's it's crazy now to think because i remember watching wrestling and i never used to compare sizes of people obviously if like someone was in with kane when i was younger i was like oh well obviously because kane's big but I didn't realise just how small Eddie was compared to even like people like, you know, um, like Perry Saturn and, and Hardcore Holly and stuff like that. He was he was really really small, but you it it never come across on, on the telly. You would never, it would never um, translate. It would never look like he was smaller than anyone. He just looked big like everyone else. How how about matches? Maybe from off the top of your head matches that you really enjoyed uh, so I always and the funny thing it's really good because I keep I watch all the old Attitude Era stuff now like just like every so often so I've got like a couple of like you know there's matches where you go oh do you know what that was really good I used to like what Jericho and Benoit used to do and um, I was always I, see I'm always I do like the wrestling side of things but I like the main events I like those matches where there's got a lot on the line and you know, Rock and Austin always used to be like matches that I always used to really like watching. And uh, but I always used to like watching Dean Malenko. It was just something about Dean Malenko that I really liked. It was just I don't know. I kind of just I liked his the way he looked and everything like that. And he wasn't really a, as chatty or anything like that. But I don't know. There was just something about um, yeah, Dean Malenko that I, I just thought he he was really good. Like it was the little things he used to do, like. You know, we'd shoot someone up with a headlock and then rub his ear, like, and just little things like that. And um, that's when now looking back, when I'm watching back at them, it's little things like that. I go, Joe, what? That's so good because not anyone, everyone's not doing that. You know, he 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 really made you believe that he was he was wrestling and and everything was was either like given. You know, it was it was irritating him or something. He was never his arms were never down on the side. He was always doing something, even when he's waiting for someone to hit him. He's always doing something. Absolute ring ring general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, he going in now. Look, look at him. He was with WWE in a producer. Role yeah. and now now in AEW, what a wealth mm. of knowledge! What a wealth of knowledge for oh, these yeah. young guys. You mm. just be like, and I don't, sponge. Yeah. and I don't understand why these writers who are, are WWE and stuff like that. I don't understand why they just don't let like people like Dean Malenko put the match together. You know, like let the writers do. Let the writers build the story to get him in the ring, and then let the people who have done it who've been in those type of situations, then do the matches, I feel as though, like, yeah, you've got, like, your, you know, your match producers now where, you know, a veteran will sit down with two guys and book the match together. But the, probably the producer's probably got, like, a couple of things that he's been told, like, the, these things need to be in this match. So now he's got to work these, like, four things that he's been told by a writer to put in the match where, realistically, they should have said, right, we, we really like this to be the outcome of this match or we really want it to carry on next or we're building up to a cage match. How would we how would we build this match up to have a screwy finish where the next match, if we make it a cage match, is not gonna look stupid that we just made it we're just making a cage match out of nowhere. There needs to be a reason why we're having a cage match. And I feel as though definitely, you know, you look at the people who are who are 
doing the producing and stuff now, like they'll know how to do all that. They've probably they've been round everywhere. They've probably been round every territory in America. They'll know exactly what you need to do to get the fans come back to see a second match and to make you know you can put him in this you know as it could be a you know a hardcore match or it could be a tables match. They'll know how to get to that point of right. We want it to be we want the last match at a pay per view to be a table match. How are we going to lead up to that? I'll have well, that and I feel as if Demon Link would definitely know that. And all of them would probably know. In terms of WWE, AEW, do you, get, do you watch much of it currently? Do you manage to watch it or do you stay away from it? Um, I keep me here to the ground, but it's I'm, I'm, I like to watch wrestling and it teach me something. So my wrestling that I watch now is either like, I mean, the Attitude Era stuff, I mean, that's just, that's just me. That's just my... Um, you know, that's just my guilty pleasure of watching that. That's I'm not. I don't sit down and go. Oh, I really want to watch a really good, you know, hard hitting wrestling match. I'm going to sit down and watch the see there. I know that's just nostalgia reasons of why I watch that. It reminds me of like when I was a kid and and stuff like that. If I really want to watch good wrestling, I'll probably put on some New Japan because I've got the New Japan World thing. So I like to watch that, and I watch. I I make it a, a habit of watching at least one World of Sport match a day because in my mind I'm I'm on the lines of I used to I watched you know wrestling my whole life and then I got to training so when I got in there I knew how to hook a suplex I knew how to pick up for a slam and knew how to you know do a DDT and I kind of knew how you hit the ropes and stuff like that because I'd seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and you're always going to pick up on them stuff obviously then you have to put it into practice and you have to get good at that so in my eyes I'm like well let's if I watch one World of Sport match every day it's going to sink in of how I of of me learning the stuff that they're doing so that's how I look at it because you, you, when you get when you get taught to training you know you're locking up and they're, and they're telling you like here's your footwork and this how you do this how you do that watch a World of Sport match and you can throw all out the window just make it look like a, a wrestling match and you've and you've got it rather than like you're worrying about your footwork or, or you know like where your feet are and stuff like that and you know you're worried oh am I holding this right and this that and the other if you ever watch any of them like different wrestlers held like the wrist lock and the headlock differently so do you, some would hold like you know a headlock where they're not hooking their hands like this they're hooking it under the arm or they just snatch it like this and so it's it's kind of it's nice to see different ways of other wrestling holds being applied and stuff like that, especially in a world of sport type of situation rather than like, you know, um, like a WWF attitude era situation because I know there's going to become a time where I'm going to have to put my British wrestling, you know, what I know into practice in the ring. So I feel as though I'm going to learn more from a world of sport match than I am from, you know, watching, you know, Carco Holly against uh, Test. So that's how I look at it. So I think closing out now, Tyson Taylor's veteran tips for young budding people that want to get into wrestling. A few few tip few tips because you you've been in and around it since yeah. two thousand and eight now, so you've got a wealth wealth of experience, wealth yeah. of knowledge. Just a couple of tips and maybe like you know etiquette. I, I hit this home to people a lot when I speak yeah, to, yeah. to you guys. The etiquette's mm. not there from people. Sometimes. No, definitely not. I've no. noticed. I've no. noticed that like. 
and that's not me having a having a a dig at anyone. But I, when I first started business, I was training and I was going to shows and I would carry people's bags. I was carrying, you know, um, guys' bags. I was getting water for them. If they needed me to go to the shops for them, I was going to the shops for them. I was always there to help with the ring. No one should feel uh, too big to pick a put a ring up. I was doing it. I remember they did, I was doing big league wrestling when they were running and they'd have a ring crew there. And it, I would just say, oh, would you like help with the ring? Because even though they've got a ring crew there and yet they're getting paid to do it, come on, we, you know, I love doing a ring. I think it's, it's, it's a good thing to have. And I feel as though if you're too good to do, you, you know, to do the ring, especially when you're like, I'm, you know, two, three years in, you should be, everyone should know how to put a ring up and everyone should know it that well that if, you know, push comes to shove, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, no, none of the guys are there. They're late. The show's going to, you know, the show starts in an hour. They're stuck in traffic. You and one other guy are there with the ring. You need to be able to put that ring up because you just never know what's going to happen. So always make sure you do the ring. Always learn your basics before you start anything else. I've seen people come in and they're like, oh, you know, I've got this MMA background, so I'm going to try and incorporate that MMA style with my wrestling style. I'm like, all right, okay. We'll get the wrestling style first sorted, get that sorted, and that'll take years. It's not going to be overnight. It's going to take years. Then start adding your flary stuff in. But if you don't know the basics, then you, you're dead in the water already. And it's all nice having all these, you know, how oh, I've done all these, but if... You need your basics to understand how it all works and then start bringing all that in. So that's what I would say. And then always just try and be just a hard working one in there. And that's just like a testament to me is I was never the best, but I always made sure that I was always, I was, you know, I would, I would pick, I would do the ring always. If the ring needed to be doing, I was there and I was always helping and I was always grabbing stuff. I was always moving stuff for people because I knew there was going to become a time in a conversation where I'm not in the car and there's all the veterans and they're going to go, oh, what do you think about that Tyson guy? And they're like, oh, you know, he's like fairly on. Like, oh, he's rotten, but he helps with the ring. So, and I can tell you now that when you're starting off and you're rotten, yeah, you know, you're going to, you're not going to have any bad matches, but you're learning anyway. So that's, you know, they can let that go. But if you're having bad matches and you're then being useless and not helping people out, you're not going to last on these, you're not going to last on a team of guys because, especially with Brian, sometimes you've got three shows a day. You need, and they, we, they, we don't have any ring crew, it's us. So it's the guys, whoever's on that show, you're putting that ring up. So they need people to, you know, to, and especially on the show, on a day where we've got three shows, you've got one show at half 12, one show at three, and one show at five. You need to be in, you need to have Build the ring up, done a match, and out straight to the next one before the next show starts. And there's times where we're getting in there and we're moving the ring, and the queue is the, there's the line outside for waiting for the show. And it, I've seen a couple of people flap on that. I've seen a couple of people go home because they can't they can't hack that. So just make sure you you know you're trying. And everyone, and this is literally for everyone, you need to make sure you go in the gym if you're not trying. To, to even if even if your look is not to be like you know a big muscle guy, just train, just lift some weights because you're gonna have to pick people up 
And if you can't pick them up and you drop them and you hurt them, then you're going to get that reputation of being the guy that drops people and he's not strong enough. You need to make sure that you're at least trying to put some strength on you. Even if you're not one of these people who want to be the body guy, you need to be lifting some weights just so you can your strength can get up because you don't want to be known as the guy who can't lift people and, and stuff like that. And make sure, yeah, just make sure everything's all rounded. Make sure you understand, you know, if you if there's one style that's not necessarily what you like, learn it anyway. It's nice to have. It's it's nice to be like an all rounder for everyone, I think. But if I was going to say anything, yeah, just get your basics down, get them down first. And it's not easy, it's hard, and but nothing in this world that's worth having is easy to have. So, you know, if you if and if you're not in it to like be really big and successful, then you know, you why why are you here? Then I'm my aim is to be massive. I want to be absolutely huge on the independent circuit. I want to be on the front of all the posters. You know, I want the nice contracts from WWE and and the tryouts and stuff. So, but obviously that will come in time. Obviously, when everything starts opening back up, that's when I'm start doing it. But I just run really hard. I get up at three o'clock in the morning every morning to train for the gym because I look at successful people and they're getting up early in the morning and they're training. So that's my mentality. Job. Just have a really hard working mentality and you, you can't go wrong. Just and listen to people, listen to what the veterans are saying. They know best. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, just listen to it. Take it into account. If you don't agree with what they say, try and break down what they were saying. And if you still can't understand what they're saying, well, then maybe you need to ask them again what they mean. But trust me, no one's... I've never heard a veteran, you know, tell me some... You know, they've probably told me some bad advice, but, you know, that's just... It's not bad advice, it's just different... You know, it's just different opinions on things. So every take everyone's opinion in for account rather than just the ones that you like. And don't ask... If you want to ask a veteran... Um, to give you advice on a match, don't ever ask a veteran, did you like me match? Because nine times out of ten, or I'm going to say ten times out of ten, they're going to say they didn't like it. But if you say, "What did you watch me match? Yes. Is there anything I can improve on? Right now we can start talking and then they'll tell you. But if you walk up to them and go, oh, do you like me match? One, you've, you've asked the wrong question there because if you knew, your match is going to be horrible. Whatever you think in your mind, you know, your matches are going to be horrible at first. My matches were awful. You're absolutely, I got my ass got chewed out loads of times after the match. People were saying I was a shit and this, that, and the other. And there's another thing. Don't run away. If, yeah, I've been shouted at loads of times. And there was a couple of times where I'd be driving back home after being my arse shoot out going, I just want to quit. But I'd just go to bed. I wake up the next day and I said, right, let's get better. Let's, you know. And now those guys who would chew my ass out now are now my friends. So it's a slow process and it's hard and it's upsetting and your heart will get broken at times, but just keep grinding. If you really want to do this, it should be the easiest thing in the world. Tyson Taylor's tips there. Veteran tips, well encapsulated. Do I like about when you're saying about doing the ring, you're wrestling in that ring. So it's, yeah. it's full circle. You respect the yeah, ring because yeah. you're wrestling in it. I, I like the fact, I take away from that, that, you know, you're not there necessarily to set it up, but you still do it. You're paying, yeah, yeah. You're paying your dues. And yeah. great. this is great for the youngsters, what you've just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's, so, so let's say you're an electrician. There's someone come and bring your tools to your 
workspace and set them all out for you, ready, and set all, you know, all your, your gear that you need up. No, you do that yourself. It's like a painter. There's a painter. The painter doesn't get someone to put the canvas on the thing for him, put his paint down for him. He does that. And if you're putting the ring up and you start, you know, because there's, bit, there's bits of the ring that, you know, there might be like a board up or there might be, or there might be some more padding somewhere or there might be, you know, a hole in the, in Joe, like the wood that no one's realised. If you're around, if you're around the ring at the start of the match and you feel something, you can go right. Because there's loads of times where someone's come back and said, the board's broke, our bottom left side, um, don't be doing any bumps in that corner or, or stay clear of it. So, and they only found that out because the people who've done it have done the ring because, you know, they've picked up a board and it's been, you know, broken. But, you know, mm. what are we going to do? We've got a show in, you know, an hour. So you just put the board on anyway, put all the stuff over and then everyone knows, right, you don't go in that corner then. But, you know, I've never seen, you know, a ring crew set up a ring and then come back to everyone and say, oh, you know, the watch, you know, the bottom left or there's a board to come up or, or, you know, watch these ropes or stuff like that. You need to learn that yourself because you need to learn when these things are going to go as well. So if you're, you know, in the ring and you're rolling around and you you feel a board, you know, go, oh, that board feels a bit weird. You just let someone know. But if you're not setting rings up and don't know how it feels when you're setting them stuff up, then you won't be able to pick out those problems. And then if you're not being able to pick out them problems and then you go in the ring and you're having a match and you don't know and you hurt yourself, you know, that's your own fault. You shouldn't you shouldn't know what's underneath it all. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Tyson Taylor, where can the viewers and listeners find you in terms of the socials? Do do a little bit of do a little bit of plugging. You gotta start plugging because the show's left and right now. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's mainly um on Instagram it's Tyson Taylor one oh one. And then on um, Twitter, it's at Cruel2, which is T-O-O. And uh, just my Facebook is just Tyson Taylor as well. And uh, I'll be probably putting up a lot of videos and stuff like that. I do a lot of promos with people. I, I put a nice promo together for SWW and once other shows start asking me to do stuff like that. And that's with any, if there's any promoters listening or anything like that, I can talk to. If you want me to sell anything, just let me know. I can send videos over because... Um, that's something I haven't really had a, had a chance to do is do a, do a lot of promos. But I've done a lot in the ring with Brian and stuff like that, but I've never done it, you know, camera, face to camera and, and showing people what I, what I can do, uh, talking on a mic and stuff like that. So that's what I would be like, you know, to say, if there's anything like that needed, just give me a shout. Perfect, perfect. My guest today on Stu's Wrestling Podcast, it is UK wrestling veteran, Tyson Taylor, thank you very much for coming on today, man. No, cheers, too. That was great, that. Cheers, mate. A big thank you to Powered 4 TV for putting the episodes up on the on-demand service there. Big thank you to John Scott and Rich Crowhurst for all the support. Really appreciate it week in, week out. Nothing's ever a problem. Also, we're doing Powered 4 TV Big Fight Weekly, the MMA and boxing show with my cousin, Rich and John. I've put on these first it's been fantastic with that thank you to Chris Dutton again as always for the superb editing I couldn't do this without him and fantastic job once again thank you to Mike Angus for the intro as always to the show you can find the Stu's Wrestling Podcast merch at WrestleMerchCentral.com there is loads of stuff lots of different items that you can get mugs, hats 
face coverings, t-shirts, hoodies, even the new Varsity jacket with embroidered Stu's Wrestling Podcast logo on it. Big thank you once again to Dean and the team for listing my products on there. Great work, great work. And we will see you soon for the next episode of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Podcast Network.